Hail Dictinus, grant us clear voices, strong sound, and good reads. Dance is the hidden language of the soul. Welcome to Magic in Motion, the 260th episode of Three Pagans and a Cat. Our opening today is courtesy of 20th century dancer and choreographer Martha Graham. Our opening and closing music is credited as Frostwalt's Alternate by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com and licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0. You may call me Ode. Mary Meet, my name is Gwyn, Ode's mother, and every time I hear of Martha Graham, it makes me think of the birdcage when... Robin Williams was demonstrating the uh, different yes, dance the Graham, styles and Martha Graham, Graham, Graham Martha Graham yes. technique. Yeah, it's hilarious. <laughs> she was amazing. Yeah. Uh, died at the age of 96, I found yeah. out today while I, was looking, uh, while I was looking this up. Very long-lived. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She died in 1991. She was born in 1894, I think. Yeah. So she lived almost the entire 20th century. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty amazing, actually. Yeah. But we should start with our housekeeping. So do we have any housekeeping? Not that I can think of. Yeah, I don't think there's anything particular other than convocation is still coming up. Yep, it's still coming up. You can still get tickets. You can still get overflow. Hotel. Hotel. Um, just go to convocation.org and check and it out. Work it out from there. And you don't have to go to the entire Yeah, no, you can event. just go for a day. You can just go for a day. You can buy the tickets at the door mm-hmm. for the day that you want to go. We recommend Saturday. Yes, <laughs> Saturday is, is the, the best if you're just going to go to one day, I think. Yep. All right. I think that's it for housekeeping. Mm-hmm. Then we are housekept and. I don't have my you didn't bring freaking your room. tiny room. <laughs> Again, I meant to bring it. I keep looking at it going, oh, you need to come with me. Uh-huh. And then I forget. So house swept. <laughs> Minus a tiny broom. Minus broom. But I will bring it. Damn it. So this is uh, an episode that I pitched to Gwen as just gestural magic. Mm-hmm. And it's about... The use of the body, basically, Mm -hmm. in magic and ritual. That's right. Obviously, there are a lot of different ways that you can use the body or physicality Mm -hmm. in uh, magic or religious practice. I think Mm -hmm. one of the most obvious forms is something like sacred dancing. Yes, absolutely. Which is huge. And it all there's like so many cultures. Yeah, it's 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 a worldwide phenomenon. Um, There's actually been some some academic discussion of like. Sacred dancing is so common in so many ancient cultures across Mm -hmm. the world. Like, Mm -hmm. you got ancient Greece, you got the Hittites, you got ancient Egypt, you got the Middle East, First Nations sacred dances, ancient European sacred dances, Hinduism, Mm -hmm. ancient Japan and Mm -hmm. China. Like, sacred dancing is like one of those, like, foundational religious structures that mm-hmm. just happens it just seems to happen everywhere it's like in the collective unconscious yeah or something. that like there, <laughs> there have been academics like i don't understand why this happens everywhere and why it has so many similar features in all its incarnations but mm-hmm. it definitely does mm-hmm. and a, a, it's it can be used to depict myth within the culture it can mm-hmm. be used to connect to deity mm-hmm. or to, to induce a trance to induce a trance for energy mm-hmm. for all kinds of things the same things that we today still yeah. will use movement to to do to mm-hmm. signify a theme to signify a yeah a so, deity, all so, kinds of things so i i found that there were four general structures into which a sacred dance felt like there are a whole bunch of individual uses mm-hmm. but you, most of those uses fall into one of these four categories mm-hmm. of sacred dance mm-hmm. so there's an imitative sacred dance the oldest forms of those are ones where you're imitating some kind of animal mm-hmm. it can also be 
uh, where you're like imitating a god mm -hmm. or acting out a myth. Mm -hmm. uh, there is purposeful sacred dancing where the dance is intended to invoke a specific result like healing mm -hmm. or growing crops or making rain. Mm -hmm. There is commemorative sacred dancing where the dance is to reenact the memory of an event mm -hmm. or to celebrate something. Mm -hmm. And then there is spiritualized sacred dancing, which is dancing for the purpose of making a connection to a spirit of some kind or to some yep. other being. I'll, I'll never forget. We I think we were living in Atlanta. Um, you guys were just little. Mm -hmm. um, but Yeah, I, went, I would have been five or six then. Yeah, but um, we went to a cultural festival, and there was um, a group of, of Hindu dancers mm. from a local temple. Indian temple, but they performed the most beautiful and ancient mm -hmm. temple, this ancient temple dance. And it was great because she, you know, the, the person who was hosting and narrating for their troupe mm -hmm. or their, their team of dancers, you know, she explained like... Explaining the posture. Yeah, what this posture will indicate a god and mm -hmm. this posture will indicate a hero. And these movements, each individual movements of the fingers and the eyes mm -hmm. mean something specific. And then she told the myth yeah, told, as told they the danced Yeah, told the story it. that they were dancing. Yeah, yeah. and it was, it was beautiful. And they had traditional costumes, the whole bit. Mm -hmm. It was one of the most interesting things I've ever had the pleasure of witnessing. Man, I'm bummed I was too young to really remember that. Yeah, yeah, it was... It it was stunning. Uh, Hinduism is one of those religions that because it has a continuous heritage, basically, yeah. like up to the modern day, we yeah. have a lot of their traditional sacred dances like still intact yeah. today yeah. With, with all of the understanding attached to them. And and they have societies and they have mm -hmm. temple dancers and they have, you know, here in the United States yeah. who commemorate and keep those uh those dances alive here, mm -hmm. as well as I'm sure and of course, they, in, in India, in India they, are, they are very much still a thing. Yeah, exactly. They're very um, much like still I said. A Hinduism thing. has been like a, a uninterrupted religious tradition yeah. for one of the oldest uninterrupted religious traditions. And that's why I think it's so cool that for people from India who have they've brought that yeah, they've here yeah. and they're willing to show it to people. Yeah. You know, it's very cool. This sacred dance. So that was that was a very cool experience. Yeah, I've seen a couple of First Nations dances like oh, at. Yeah. Um, uh, at powwows and yeah. at events like that. Mm -hmm. That's always very interesting. I also wanted you to talk about that one dance thing you did back when you were doing belly dancing and there was the... Oh, the czar? Yes. Yeah, that was um, that was a form of meditation, mm -hmm. I guess. But it was to release inner demons, mm -hmm. essentially. And it, it was a form of ecstatic dance. Yeah. And you, you know, you had... Uh, the music going and you had the the beat and you were to move in whatever way right. follow the, the follow the, the rhythm the, the and the and the music yeah. and it it becomes very emotional it you know raises up energy and raises up all these feelings and so by the end at the very end of the dance you're supposed to just release it all through like a, a primal scream yeah kind of thing. And so that's very much also a sacred kind of dance. Yep. And that's a Middle Eastern tradition? Or yeah. An, or yeah is that it, was, was it Egyptian? Or I think it was. I remember. I, it might have been Egyptian. It's It's been yeah, a it's while. Been a, it's been a hot minute. It's been a hot minute. <laughs> but yeah, that was a very profound experience. Yeah. It's usually, if well, no, actually, if I remember correctly, it's always a group of women. Yeah, it's a woman's dance. It's a, a female dance yeah. kind of thing. Ecstatic dance very much does fall into the sacred dancing oh, category. Oh, absolutely, though, yeah. absolutely. Um, because as you're as you're 
building up the energy during this particular mm-hmm. one, you're you're connecting to spirit as yeah. well. Um, I've also seen some comparisons in modern scholarship between traditional ecstatic dancing mm-hmm. and like a rave. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, they've they've there have been um, some academics observing that like there are, there are strong similarities in how the dancers move mm-hmm. and in the kind of states they are both seeking and attaining mm-hmm. uh, in the process of both an ecstatic dance and yeah. of like a, a club dance or a, a rave. And like even in modern Wicca, you've got mm-hmm. uh, the circle dance. Yes. Oh, so the circle dance is actually one of the most ancient forms of dance. It's mm-hmm. another one that's found across cultures very, very far back. Um, it's thought that like circle dances and chain dances or line dances mm-hmm. are some mm-hmm. of the most ancient forms of communal dancing. Mm-hmm. And uh, and yeah, they're, the adoption of the circle dance or the spiral dance or the chain yeah. dance into modern the spiral, yeah. uh, Wicca and modern neo-pagan practice mm-hmm. is very much just calling back to like pretty much everyone does those yeah. in some form or fashion. And I had the pleasure of uh, several years ago at when we still had Michigan Pagan Fest getting to take part in a circle dance and mm-hmm. man it it's just a good circle dance is good, really compelling it is because you you know you start out slow mm-hmm. and then it gets and it just builds builds, and builds, and builds, and builds this energy and it is there's very much a, a kind of ecstatic meditation mm-hmm. that uh, altered state yeah especially because happens. at least in my experience the modern pagan circle dances uh, are also accompanied by chanting. Mm-hmm. So you're all chanting the same thing together mm-hmm. and you're all moving together. Or in singing this, the same right, song. And yeah. all moving together in this rhythm mm-hmm. um, to a beat, often to like a drum or mm-hmm. something like that. And mm-hmm. it just like all these elements combine to create a very almost trans-inducing yep. kind of altered state, which is great for raising energy and yep. for, for activating magic. And especially, uh, if I remember correctly, we had a we had an intention. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was part of a ritual. Yeah. And it, we, they used circle dance to, to raise and build it. energy, and then we released it all at the yeah, end. Exactly. It was like, oh, my God. It was amazing. Yeah. I've, been, I've, I've done a couple of circle dances yeah. now, and I can tell you there is a huge difference between a well-run circle dance yes. by someone who knows what they're doing yes. and a mess. Yeah, I've, I've been in that one, too. I think yes. we were in both of we those were. together. We, we've also been to a circle dance that was just, it just did not come together. It didn't flow. Yeah, they they were at odds. Yeah, there, uh, were, there the, were two ritual leaders, and they just didn't quite have their intentions aligned yeah. and so the dance never came together right but when it does mm-hmm. when you have alignment of whoever is leading yeah and alignment with the people with the, who are participating with, the circle. with yeah. the circle it can be just an amazing experience yeah really really compelling and transformative mm-hmm. love a good circle dance yes me too i love a good circle. it's one dance. of my favorite ritual components i think is a circle dance yeah. like if you can get away with it and it can be challenging because it does require, you know, there are access issues mm-hmm. with a circle dance. Like, mm-hmm. you have to be able to do the circle. If I remember correctly, at least at one of the circle dances that I participated in, anyone who was an, access, access, an issue. access issue were invited to sit in the center. Yeah, so that they could be part of the energy, yep. at least. Yeah. Yep, exactly. But you do have to think about accessibility for mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. when if you're going to plan a circle dance. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I, I love a circle dance. So do I. Absolutely. The other if thing. If there's any room in a ritual for a circle dance, I'm going to include one. <laughs> oh, yeah. And um, another thing that belly dancers who have mm-hmm. incorporated belly dance routines into their rituals. Yeah. And creating different movements 
to represent the elements. I was going to say, I feel like representing the elements would be really ideal yeah, for belly dance. Yeah. Just from what I remember of your belly dance. Exactly. For representing the elements or representing a deity they mm-hmm. might be calling forth yeah. or that kind of thing. And um, I got to learn one routine several years back that was invoking elements. Yeah. And Love that. It, it is very much, uh, belly dance is very much, it is akin to that being able to create with the body mm-hmm. the different types of, of... Yeah, to sort of call to or or mimic the, that Yeah, mimic quality. and to draw in that yeah. energy. It's it's really... If you can learn how to do it, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a great way to add... Um, to add movement to your ritual, and if you want, and to add a, an embodiment, I an think, embodiment. To Laura Tempest Zakroff, yes, is wonderful with cl- that because she's a belly dancer. Yeah, she is. She's an well, she's an artist and a dancer. Yeah, she she's does an multiple art- kinds of dance. That's true. But I took a, cl- I, I, I went to a, I, think, I don't remember if it was a class or a ritual that I went to with her once. I don't vibe with a lot of Laura's stuff, mm-hmm. um, and I struggled in this class because I'm not a good dancer. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was about dancing for for magical and, yeah. and ritual purposes and it was so interesting to mm-hmm. watch her work i got to participate in one of her rituals for hakati mm. and she included a dance in that yeah. and it was it was stunning pole dancing could be worked into this says Githa. that is such a good call mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i love watching pole dancers though like the athleticism is absurd in mm-hmm. pole dancing but yeah if you know pole dancing I can only imagine how effective that would be in a in a ritual context, especially if you wanted to combine it with like maypole traditions and things like that. There, mm-hmm. There's a lot you could do with that. I feel. I, I think the the beauty about using movement and gestures and mm-hmm. things like that in use, magic use of the body use of the body and in ritual and in magic is that it's it's so freeing. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think for a lot of us who were raised in a particular right, really structured, re- really religion. structured religion, you're not that's not encouraged. And so to be able to use the body to embody mm-hmm. your, your ritual, embody your magic, yeah. release your magic, physically manifest, physically manifest. Yeah. Um, I th- it's a gift, really. Yeah. Yeah, it, I think it's really something to pursue, especially if you've never tried it before. There, I understand, certainly, there can be, like, a self-consciousness element to it. But if you're mm-hmm. doing your magic in private anyway, no one's going to see you. Well, <laughs> except and the it's, gods. Yeah, it, it's that whole concept of dance like like no one is watching yeah, you. Yeah. It's it's that kind of, of mentality. And, uh, yeah, I've danced privately, you know, in private rituals. Mm-hmm. And it does at first feel a little feel weird. Silly, it yeah. feel silly. But so do a lot of things we do yeah. in ritual, right? Like, talking to the gods feels silly. Like, mm-hmm. Uh, there are all kinds of magical tasks that I am now accustomed to that felt silly when I started doing them. Mm-hmm. So I think it's I think it's a matter of acclimatizing yourself to it. Yeah, it really is. And once you know, once the energy begins to flow, once yeah. you get it's, into it, sort that, of transforms. Yeah, yeah, the the mindset, yeah, exactly. or, or into that elevated state of consciousness. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, all of that drops away. Yeah, uh, and you're just, it, it stops being a concern. Yeah, and it just you're in the moment. Yeah of the ritual or of the spell or whatever it is that you're you're doing it's it's such a great thing to add to your practice it, it is um, there are a couple of other historic purposes i found for sacred dancing that i just wanted to mention real quick so it has been used to consecrate sacrifices mm. So, like, there in various cultures have been traditions of, like, if you're going to sacrifice the sheep, you do a little dance around the sheep to mm-hmm. consecrate the sheep. Mm-hmm. It has been used for funerary purposes oh, okay. um, yeah. in a whole bunch of different contexts. So, sometimes it's, like, you dance, 
like you do like a scary dance to scare away evil spirits mm-hmm. or to, to scare away anything that might infect your dead loved one. Mm-hmm. Um, or you might do like an inviting dance to invite the spirit of your dead loved one to join you one more time mm-hmm. before before it moves on. Mm-hmm. Or you might do one like a commemorative dance like we talked about previously to like uh, commemorate a specific event in a loved mm-hmm. one's life, something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. And apparently the root of... You know how people dance at weddings? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Apparently, at least in some cultures, the root of a marriage dance or a wedding dance mm-hmm. is to avert the threats to a marriage. Okay. So, like, there are all of these, like, risks to getting married and things that might disrupt or disturb the marriage. Mm-hmm. And doing particular kinds of dancing mm-hmm. is supposed to disrupt or distract those threats mm-hmm. so that the marriage is secure. Interesting. <laughs> Which I thought was really fun. Yeah, that's really interesting. Lots of reasons to dance. Basically, I think it looks like most things that you do in ritual, you could substitute a dance for. Like you could mm-hmm. do a cleansing dance. Mm-hmm. You can. We talked extensively about you can use a dance to raise energy, right? Mm-hmm. You could use a dance to direct energy. Mm-hmm. You could use a dance to close a ritual. Like I feel like any segment of a ritual yeah. could be a dance if you want it to be. Well, and just like with dance, the ecstatic dance I mm-hmm, was talking about, mm-hmm. you can use it to release to release things. Negative energy. Yep. Things which is essentially what we were doing. Yep. You know. Elle says have definitely done dance as an offering before. That's oh, another yeah. thing. Goes back to the sort of the ubiquity of dancing mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. a as a religious practice um, across the ancient world. There are so many gods who are dancing is associated with them. Mm -hmm. Like, if you go through the Greek pantheon, there are, like, a dozen different gods who are all considered gods of dance Mm -hmm. or or who have important myths about dancing or whose priests were known to dance for them. Mm -hmm. Dancing shows up in a whole bunch of myths, like uh, um, the sun myth in Japan, Amaterasu, Mm -hmm seals herself in a cave mm-hmm. and another goddess draws her out by dancing doing a body dance on top of a, <laughs> a on, an yeah. upturned bucket yeah, yeah to attract her out yeah. um all kinds of dancing showing up all over yeah. mythology so yeah. yeah it's just it's it's just so present mm-hmm. and it's i think it's sort of odd that it's not present in a lot of the modern structured religions mm-hmm. um in the same way I think that is interesting. Although I was thinking of, you know, as far as like structured religions, some denominations of of Christianity, they will have, you know, the the women in the the white gowns doing their their dances. Oh, like charismatic churches? Yeah, kind of thing? charismatic yeah. churches. Yeah. We they went do, to a lot of charismatic yeah. churches. So that does influence a lot of my understanding of Christianity. It, it's a yes. it's a a type of sacred dance that that they do indulge in from time to time, sort but of, it's yeah. but it's usually a, a troop Used, yeah. uh, and used for as part of... And it's really disputed across denominations. Yeah, There are yeah. some denominations, like they were talking in the chat about, like, Baptists don't dance. No, they That's do That's 100% not. true. There are some denominations that, like, any kind of dancing is a sin. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. To be fair, there are some charismatic branches yeah. but I, I, that will include it occasionally, there not are, a lot. But, but even then, I have to say, like, charismatic churches are a little fringe in yeah. Christianity. Like, they're and, not a mainline branch of Christianity, I would and, say. It always felt to me like it's it's more performative mm-hmm. 
than what rather I think. Rather than participatory. That, yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I, there's a fine line, I think, between performative dance in a, a religious setting and... Which can also be a sacred oh, dance, yes, to be clear. yes, absolutely. But also the, then you've also got your, um, your sacred dance, as we've mentioned, right. that is designed to be a part of the ritual. Right, uh, that the lay person is supposed yeah. to participate in in yeah. some way, yeah. Just lo- interesting divergences here. Yeah, yeah, it um, is interesting. But you're right. I think I actually, uh, if I'm remembering correctly, there's actually some some lines in the Old Testament, I think, yes. that are condemning the dancers of pagan mm-hmm. priests. Like, they, like it goes back that far oh, yeah, of, yeah. of, I guess at that point it was Judaic mm-hmm. um, thought, that that pagan dancers were doing it wrong. <laughs> doing it wrong. Too too sexy. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or too it's something. Too too raucous. Too yeah. raucous. But uh, but yeah, it is it's uh interesting that there was a much more freedom of expression maybe in a lot of the ancient dancing that occurred. Well, I mean, even not not always freedom because some of them oh, were very true. structured. Oh, that's true. Like like we talked about Hindu dances that that's have true. you know every movement means something very specific, something conveys specific. a specific yeah. message. And there are like the the shrine maidens in uh, Japan yeah. Uh, yeah. with Shintoism who performed the I think they were called Kagura, mm-hmm. which are um, sp- specific sacred dances yeah. that originally only shrine maidens performed that right. were god performances effectively and those right. were very structured yeah so that's a, good a sacred point. dance isn't always like expressive or freeing true it's just a physical embodiment right i guess right whatever it is however you define it however you use it mm-hmm. it's it's a it's a wonderful opportunity it is and i just i do think it's interesting that it has sort of fallen out of fashion i yeah. guess for yeah. for modern religious thought it is interesting yeah. definitely Considering, especially considering how ubiquitous it is in the ancient world. Yeah, yeah. Across so many different cultures, Mm -hmm. across so many time periods. Mm -hmm. It's just interesting to me that it is, that it has fallen away a little bit. Yeah, or at least for Western European countries. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because, I mean, ancient European cultures did yeah. have oh, yeah. sacred dancing. Hello, Maypole. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah, the Maypole was originally, a, exactly, was originally a sacred dance. Yeah, there were a lot of a lot of sacred dance traditions yeah. in ancient Europe as well. So Yeah, I absolutely. Know. I don't know. A lot of it has fallen away. I think it has, maybe it has to do with just colonialism. Colonialism, <laughs> yeah. Amara says, me and a friend in the past were dancing to a song on the radio in the library and some Baptist lady told us that sex equation thing that uh, dancing is a vertical expression of a horizontal thought. We were teenage <laughs> girls. Yeah. Well, well, that's an interesting, yeah, uh-huh. unfortunately, that is a belief. That's a very Baptist perspective. Very, very, <laughs> very much me. a Baptist perspective. Yeah. But, so I would also like to talk about hand gestures. Yeah. So there are also ri- just ritual gestures mm-hmm. that you can mm-hmm. perform. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of the best known is also associated with the Hindu dancing. Yeah. Th- they're mudras. Mudras, yep. Yeah. And uh, they can mean very specific. It's part of yoga. It's part of meditation. Mm-hmm. It's part of their R- ritual. Reli- ritual, historical temple dances. Mm-hmm. So different finger motions and, mm-hmm. and different position, hand postures. Hand postures 
um, mean different things and can be brought together to convey something mm-hmm. specific. But even there, and there's a whole library of mudras. Yeah, like there's yeah. a, a vast sort of symbol set of mudras. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of, I do know that there are a lot of Wiccans and neo pagans who mm-hmm. who take ad- have adopted some of those mudras for yeah. their own purposes. Um, Whether that feels appropriative, appropriative or appreciative. Or yeah, yeah, that that depends on how you're approaching it. I yeah, think. Yeah, I think. And if you're doing the the work to understand its original purpose, of purpose mudra, and yeah. intention, what and, it conveys, and, and are are respecting that in its um, context, in its yeah. context, but also there are things, simple things that we do in magic, casting spells, invoking a deity, raise your hand skyward. You know, mm-hmm. you can be sending energy into the to the universe but also drawing down energy from the moon mm-hmm. or the sun or things yeah, like that. Yeah, a lot of people when they're just sort of directing energy yeah. will use their hands to direct the energy. Yep. And there can be different postures that you use like pointing or just or two palm, fingers or yeah, palm two fingers or, or yeah. palm. And it's the same thing with your hand going downward toward mm-hmm. the earth. Mm-hmm. Gestures can help draw you in um and it also means you don't have to have a tool in your hand right in order to perform magic or to create a ritual space mm-hmm. you can you can use gestures to create those things yes you know which i i think can be very useful for people if they don't want to use a lot of tools i often you know i don't really use a wand I use my hands. I think a lot of gestures that we use in magic and ritual contexts are sort of unconscious or they're so habitual that we don't think of them as like a ritual gesture. Exactly. And I think we we kind of sometimes take them for granted. The other thing, like, I, you know, I've used gestures that I was taught for Hakatian mm-hmm. ritual. I was never, it was never explained to me what specifically they right? were meant what they, for. What they do, where they came from. Yeah, it, it just is kind of taken as a lot of the time like with many things mm-hmm. in in witchcraft and paganism yeah. it's taken as understood but you kind of figure it out as you go along i right. guess i do wish i wish you had that context and then mm-hmm. we could because then we could talk about it you know well i have um, context that i i have come to understand myself right that you've but, intuited but mm-hmm. you don't understand like where your teacher got it from. right right and that kind of thing frustrates me i think teachers should be better about that mm-hmm. about conveying that kind of information mm-hmm. um especially if you're mentoring someone one-on-one mm-hmm. um i think that's important yeah. so just throwing that out there as usual yeah um, but there are specific gestures that i use when i'm invoking um, when I'm honoring Hakati, mm-hmm. things like that. Um, I also want to talk about some classic ritual gestures. Mm-hmm. There is the sign of the cross. Oh, yeah. Right? That's yeah. a very classic uh, Roman crossing. Catholic doing mm-hmm. the crossing of themselves. That's a ritual gesture. Mm-hmm. The hammer sign that uh, that we do in Norse traditions, mm-hmm. sim- very similarly drawn from mm-hmm. the ritual cross. There is the laying on of hands. Yes. Right? That's a ritual gesture. Mm-hmm. Frankly, laying on of hands, I think, is a borderline magical mm-hmm. gesture because it is intended to, like... Transfer energy. Yeah, to transfer, usually, often, a healing, healing energy. energy. Yeah. Um, it can also be used for blessings and things like that. Mm-hmm. But the laying on of hands, especially that you see in churches, is, is 100% a ritual gesture. I also wanted to talk about the Vulcan salute. Oh, yeah, baby! So the Vulcan salute, I don't know. I, long, it, he actually yes, got that. Yes, so... <laughs> at Temple. Yeah, so... He was Jewish. So, Leonard yeah, Nemo Leonard Nemo was Jewish. Was Jewish um, and he tells the way he tells the story is that his grandfather took him to Temple... There, there came a part in whatever ritual they were doing that everyone had to close their eyes. Yeah, it's, they, while the, it's while the priests were going to perform a blessing. A blessing. Yeah, 
And he peeked. <laughs> yeah. The rabbi, while the rabbis while were the blessing. While the rabbis were, were doing their blessing, which is uh, basically both hands in the shape of the Vulcan salute. And it's to represent a, a Hebrew letter, mm-hmm. basically. Probably for, for Yahweh. It's Shin. Young Leonard Nimoy yep. saw this and was like moved and compelled by it. Mm-hmm. So when it came time time to, to play Spock, he was like looking for a gesture, a greeting gesture he could do. And he chose... Yeah, that <laughs> for the whole live long and prosper. Uh-huh. Yeah, so the Vulcan yeah. salute is a, a Hebrew actually, blessing ritual gesture. Yep, it's um, my understanding is something that they do regularly at temple. Mm-hmm. Whatever particular Whatever ritual it is. he was at yeah. at that time. Yeah, um, but I, I think know. it's great. I've always thought that was really great mm-hmm. that he and it. It's essentially that's what the the Vulcan salute is doing. It's mm-hmm. conveying a blessing. So. Ah, Rannon says Shin is a letter used to represent the name God. of God. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I I always loved that story. Mm-hmm. I thought that was very cool. <laughs> yeah, I enjoy that. Um, yeah. And it means basically everyone the world over now knows. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the hand gesture in uh, Jewish practice that represents the name of God. Mm-hmm. Or at least half of it, because it's technically both hands. But. Yep, yep. And then, um, like, I was watching a, a video today about uh, by a, a modern witch who was saying, you know, there are some different symbols that you can come up with for yourself, to, right. you know, based on, you know, other symbols. For instance, she was saying that you, if you want to invoke the, the elements, there are different triangle symbols. Yes, for the, the alchemical elements. symbols. Yeah, the symbols. alchemical symbols. Yeah, so, so you, you can, can make those triangles with your hands. With your, and with including the lines. Yeah, the, and, the lines, yeah, you know, the, you can, the middle finger. Exactly. So you can create those as you're invoking the elements. Mm-hmm. Um, she That's also, fun, actually. Isn't that I a like neat that. idea? Yeah, I, I like, like that. that idea. She also mentioned uh, people crossing their fingers, the middle finger going over the, oh, yeah. the first finger, the pointer finger. I do finger. it the other way around. Yeah. So. Um, but, uh, and I read uh, Scott Cunningham also used that as a, a gesture. Mm-hmm. Um, I usually see that used as like a... Uh, a wording gesture sometimes. Some people do that as a wording, but uh, in this suggestion was to draw something in. Interesting. So it, it's, uh, there's a lot of different things you can do mm-hmm. to bring gestures intentionally yeah. into your practice. Um, and some of those will be personal simple sets, yeah. right? That are, yep. They're not going to be universal. They'll mean something to you specifically, or perhaps to your coven, mm-hmm. right? Or to mm-hmm. your kindred, your group. In fact, that's what this particular uh, YouTube witch was recommending, mm-hmm. saying, you know, create your own symbols. Do you have this person's name or YouTube handle? Video is called How to Use Hand Gestures in Magic, and she runs the Mystery Witch School. And is that, that's the name of the YouTube that's channel? That's the name of the YouTube Mystery channel. channel. Mystery, Mystery Witch, Witch School. School. Okay, yep. cool. Rannon says, clapping, double down with the sound aspect. Yeah, I, I like that as well. Elle says, I use clapping as a quick cleansing or energy reset. Mm-hmm. That's great for if, like, you, so many of us use, like, bells. The The classic example is, like, banging pots and pans when oh, you need to yeah. cleanse a house. Yep. But if you don't even have that, you can always clap. Yep. Very effective. I'm not going to do it loud on mic. No. <laughs> Another thing that, that I do, uh, and that I think Gwyn does as well, is I tap off the deck. Yes. So when I am doing, especially if I'm doing public readings and I'm doing a bunch of them in a row, have to get the energy off the deck somehow. And for whatever reason, what I fell into was holding the deck in my left hand, mm-hmm. like facing away from me, basically, the, the face of the card facing out into the into the room or to like a, a neutral space mm-hmm. and physically just like tapping, tapping it. it or flicking it with my the fingers of my other hand to get mm-hmm. the energy off. Yep, yep, and just to to make it float down mm-hmm. and dissipate. Yeah, just to disappear it. Mm-hmm. Um, I've also I've talked in the past about my my method for handling intrusive thoughts, mm-hmm. which is a gesture. 
when I am having an intrusive thought or or I'm dwelling on something that I can't like make myself move on from, I put one hand in front of my face, mm. perpendicular, perpendicular to my face. And so like pinky finger facing forward and the thumb towards my face, right? Mm-hmm. And I just physically move mm-hmm. my hand to the left side of my head. And that is the gesture for pushing a thought away. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You can use um, both hands, palms out if you want to remove energy to push mm. it down. Oh yeah, yeah. Know, Physically from, to, push to push energy around. Yeah, yeah. if uh, if you're especially having, if you're having trouble with grounding. Yeah, if you're having trouble with grounding, you can take the you know start at the top mm-hmm. of your head Put, and just, like both hands above both, your head, yeah, and then flat, just and then just push, push the energy down. down into the earth. Yeah. Exactly. That can be helpful, especially if you have a hard time. I find gestures like this are really helpful if you have a hard time visualizing. Mm-hmm. If you have a hard time visualizing the movement of energy, Mm -hmm. using your body to represent that movement of energy can be Mm -hmm. really helpful. You can use a similar, you can do a similar idea of uh, pushing your hands out around you. Yeah, for creating a sacred space. creating a sacred space. Yep. Um, Or for creating a shield. Yep. Or if you want to do the bubble, you could put it, bring it up over your head head and push it down down. and around. Yeah. There's all kinds of things you can do. I often when I'm creating a sacred space, I will like put my hands out at my side and then just do a quick spin mm-hmm. as if I'm like circumscribing a circle with a compass. Mm-hmm. And like my fingers pointed downwards are the, the points of the compass. Yeah. Back in 2020, when I went to the, that final Paganicon. Mm, um, yes, yes. In California. In yeah. California. Yep. In San Jose, California. And uh, Starhawk was there and she did a class on protesting and and how to be present and how to uh, protect yourself psychically get it moving through a crowd and and mm. things like that and what oh, does she do the yeah she she creates a, like a you know a prow of a boat yeah with the hands with the hands and which can, I've <laughs> I've done that for years since yeah. high school that's how I move through crowds is yeah. I put my hands together in a little triangle mm-hmm. and just zoop Yep, and she, you don't, now, you know, she was talking about doing it, uh, you know, energetically with your thoughts, but mm-hmm. you, if you have trouble visualizing that, yeah, then yeah, you put actually the and put your hands together. Just a and, little bit ahead of you. Yep. And, and just lead with that. Lead with that and let the energy flow from yeah. your hands. And, and in my and experience, you don't have to touch anyone. People nope. will just get out of the way, even yeah. if they're not looking at you. Exactly. You just plow your way yeah. through. <laughs> yeah. Just, I don't know why that works, but mm-hmm. it's, that's something I started doing in high school is just put my hands in front of me in a little triangle space. Mm-hmm to navigate a crowd mm-hmm. um, it's because it helps i think it's because it helps, it helps direct the energy yeah. yeah focus that energy in front to push forward yeah to, to sort of shear through yeah the energy of other people so that they feel compelled to sort of move away exactly so you know there's if you're if you're walking through a, a space where you feel negative energy you could do that mm-hmm. to, to to sort of break through it break through it yeah. exactly Elle says, I use the cross-body gesture for managing crowds, similar effect to the triangle thing. Can you describe that, Elle? I'm not sure what you mean by the cross-body gesture. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Rhiannon Gray says, the main one that I use is an unconscious blessing I always do when driving, specifically when I see motorcyclists, because I have firsthand experience with how dangerous it can be every time I see one, or if in the case of big group, one for each of them, I switch my right hand from wherever it is up to my lips with my thumb index and middle finger pointing up to my nose and the rest down. Then I point it outwards towards them or my mirror if they're past me, kind of like blowing a kiss, but along the back of the hand, not the palm. Mm -hmm. And I've done it for years and don't even recognize when I do it anymore. Yeah. Um, I like that. A nice little, nice little, little, little gestural blessing that Mm -hmm. people never even know you're doing. I Mm -hmm. like that. That's sweet. Elle says, if someone's in my way, I gesture to push them out of the way with the hand that's on the far side of them. I got Mm. just like a little whoosh. A little whoosh. Yeah. Just... 
just swoosh you out of the way. Mm-hmm. I like mm-hmm. that. A lot of this stuff, I think, is going to be unconscious or stuff that develops naturally and you don't realize you're doing. Mm -hmm. So one thing that might be useful is to just like pay attention to how you move, Mm -hmm. especially when you do magic or when you're performing ritual, Mm -hmm. to be more conscious of your body as you're performing a ritual in your normal way to Mm -hmm. see if there are sort of Things that ritual you've... gestures or ritual or gestural habits that you've developed. Mm-hmm. And if uh, once you've figured that out, if there's things that you want to add in, mm-hmm. you know, learn some of these so gestures. Sort of build up. Yeah, build yeah. up. What are the gestures that would benefit you when yeah. you're doing ritual, when you're invoking a deity or if you're casting a spell mm-hmm or creating a circle or whatever it is you are doing, kind of experiment, see what would work and meld best with you and then um, practice it until it becomes a a natural part of what you're doing. Until it becomes a habit. Until it becomes a habit. Something else that I have seen other people do that I don't do quite like this. I have seen some people build gestures to represent various runes. Mm, mm -hmm. Um, Specifically in a Norse context, but there are other rune systems you could use for this. Absolutely. I don't you like have gestures that represent runes, but I do sometimes find myself like drawing a rune mm. in the air. Like mm-hmm. I'll just sort of mentally set a plane mm-hmm. in the air in space and just mm-hmm. draw a rune on it. But yet you're I'm seeing watching you do this, you're using two fingers yeah, to I, do this. I do two 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 fingers, um, sort of leading with the middle finger. <laughs> yeah, so you're you've created a gesture yeah, exactly. right there yep. in doing that. <laughs> I do it the same way every time. Yeah, so. so it's become it's become a gesture, just like the, the cross the crossing and, and the, all those different things yeah, all the... uh, it, it becomes a gesture mm-hmm. so yeah if you if you want to do that in the air yep add um, that to what you're doing yeah exactly so so what I'm doing is drawing it but it's just yeah. be- it becomes just this regular gesture that happens every time and I draw it the same way every time and like I'm doing is, algies right now yeah I'm, every time I draw it the same way and you you know somebody observing you might not know what it exactly. means but you know what it means exactly which makes it significant exactly because like you can't I don't think you if I'm if I'm drawing algies in the air I no. don't think it's possible to like process that yeah. as the lines that I am actually drawing. Mm-hmm. But because I know it, I see it in sort of my mind's eye as algae's is being drawn here. It's not unlike in Reiki, are taught to use different symbols and, and letters and things as part of their yeah. their Reiki yep. healing. Yep. And they'll either use it with their, they'll do, I've seen them do it with their fingers yeah, sort of, yeah. or with um, a, a crystal. Mm-hmm. or so, And it's usually something that's been passed down to yeah, them. Yeah, something from their particular tradition, whatever yeah. that is. Yeah, or their teacher or mm-hmm. whatever. So yeah, that's absolutely, and you might not know what it means. Exactly. But, but it but means something to them. And <laughs> they're the one doing the energy work. They're so the that's one doing the energy work, right? Um, Raina says, oh yeah, like the unconscious pushing, pulling I do when standing in front of a candle, like as if actually touching and condensing the energy field mm-hmm. around it to power it up or make it bigger on the off chance it's for a circle ward. Kind of like air bending or firing up a kamahamaha. <laughs> there you go. There you go. It, you know, and it, it can be as simple as um, when you are trying to charge an object, mm-hmm. right? And you yeah, and you sort your of cut your hands around on, it, or you push energy down yeah, into exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's that is itself is a gesture. Yeah, yeah. I think we have more of these than we're consciously aware. Oh, of absolutely. Because we're embodied beings, you know. Yep, yep. We sure are. <laughs> and we use our bodies to express things mm-hmm. um, and to accomplish things. 
In fact, um, another quote from Scott Cunningham is, gestures can be used to create an energy or cast a spell without using spoken words. Yes, you can have purely like a somatic. Yeah. You can have a purely somatic spell. Exactly. So you, if you don't know how to speak the spell mm-hmm. in human language right. or like any other just, language, if you, if you just can't, can't come up with the words, words. Yeah. yeah, you can use gestures to get your intention across and cast that spell. Yeah. yeah, to convey the message. Yep. I think the only other thing I wanted to mention is prayer posture, mm, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So like there are different positions, body positions, yeah, that we tend to take when we are performing some kind of prayer, not mm-hmm. just in Christianity, but in oh, other no, I'm, this religious is a, traditions as well. Yeah. I'm thinking Hindu right yeah. now. So so there's the, the hands together, right? In front of the heart center. Um, uh, with all the fingers aligned, right? Mm-hmm. There's clasped hands mm-hmm. where the fingers are, are interlocked. Mm-hmm. There's raised hands. And all of these things, like, mean something slightly different, right? Like, they have different implications. Raised hands, I I tend to think of as more of a praise gesture. Mm -hmm. Clasped hands, I think of as more of a pleading gesture. Mm -hmm. Kneeling uh, is submissive. Mm -hmm. Prostration is begging. Mm -hmm. So, like, the different postures you take when communicating with the gods even Mm -hmm. can mean different things or can convey different kinds of messages. Those Mm -hmm. are, like, the I think the body language equivalent Mm -hmm. of a ritual gesture, right? Like, how... You have nonverbal cues you use when you communicate with other human beings. I think these are the same sort of nonverbal cues, but they're more structured and and formalized when Mm -hmm. you're communicating with deities. Mm -hmm. Like, for instance, um, when I work with uh, Frigga, um, so she is the goddess that I invoke when I'm doing tarot readings. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you can touch the head, touch the lips, touch the heart to Mm -hmm. indicate, you know, help me to understand, help me to speak the truth, help me to feel it in my body, what I need to say, those kinds of things, you know, whatever it means for you, if that's helpful, go Mm -hmm. for it. Mm -hmm. That it can also be helpful to sort of identify where your energy centers are Mm -hmm. for various things. Like Mm -hmm. uh, I find a lot of like my energy for doing different things is in different parts of my body. So I will Mm -hmm. touch different parts of my body. Yeah. Just like when you anoint different parts of your body. Anointing is very Mm -hmm. much also a related sort of subject. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So yeah, I think there's, I think there's a lot going on here with gestures Mm -hmm. and motion in, Mm -hmm. in magic and ritual. And I think it's sort of an under examined aspect Mm -hmm. of, of especially ritual practice. Like I said, because I think it becomes unconscious for so many of us. It does. It becomes uh, a natural part of what we're doing. And so it might be interesting. We challenge you maybe a little bit. Yeah. To pay attention to what your hands are doing, your body, when you your are. Your feet. What's your the feet? posture of your feet? What what are how, what kind of postures are you taking or mm-hmm. creating when you're praying to the gods or casting and, a spell? Or... And then I would say, ask yourself why you do those yeah, things, right? Exactly. Like, do you meditate in a traditional lotus posture? Mm-hmm. Why are you doing that? Does mm-hmm. it do anything for you or is it just habit? Is there a posture that would be better for your purposes? Like, would it be better for you to meditate with your feet flat on the ground mm-hmm. or standing mm-hmm. or lying on your back? Examine these things and, and question yourself why you do things a certain way mm-hmm. um, and whether it is the most effective way for you to be doing these things. Yeah. And if you're connecting with nature, pay attention to how are you uh, how are you connecting with the, mm-hmm. the trees and the grass and and the the flowers? Are you using gestures to mm-hmm. to uh, sense their energy yeah. or or to draw to it to you to build a connection? You might not be consciously aware yeah. that you're doing when you're outside. Uh, working with nature. Mm -hmm. And I think being aware of this stuff can also help you like 
build stealth versions of these practices. Yes, that is definitely helpful. Because sometimes, like, the stuff we do in ritual is very big, Mm -hmm. right? It's very obvious, Mm -hmm. Um, especially if you do your rituals mostly in private, because you don't have to perform for anyone but your gods and spirits, right? Exactly. So you can be as big as you want to be. Um, But if you're out in public and you want to draw the attention of a deity for whatever reason, if you want to make an offering to them of something you're you're doing, or Mm -hmm. if you want to ask them for help with something or for their protection in some way, mm-hmm. or you want to perform a, an act of magic while you're on the go, mm-hmm. you might want to be able to do those things without drawing attention, without doing mm-hmm. the big gestures. Just kind of so, a small, yeah, contained so, gesture. So if you know what the big gesture is, mm-hmm. right, you can figure out how to Con- minimize that, to condense, condense that gesture mm-hmm. into something that's smaller and less obtrusive. Mm-hmm. And that can also be very useful. And that can be very useful even for people who are in the closet. Mm-hmm. You're in a situation where you might need... To be a little stealthy. To be a little stealthy. Or even just want to be. Like, even yeah. if you just don't want to draw attention to your practice. Exactly. Exactly. Rhiannon says, classic evil eye castings and wards. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Just for practical reasons, I mm-hmm. think it can be useful to sort of figure out what your big ritual gestures are and what they mean so that you can use them in smaller, more practical ways. I think I saw earlier in the in the Discord people talking about flipping the bird as a, a yeah. way to... Warding. Warding. You know. <laughs> or banishment. Banishment. You know. <laughs> It's a very well-known symbol. Uh-huh. Everyone recognizes that yep. one. <laughs> yep. And I mean, think about it. We have the flipping the bird. We uh-huh. have the okay sign. Yep. Yep. You know, we have different... Uh, All kinds of, yeah, just... Gestures um, we use just yeah. in public. Exactly. In everyday exactly. life. <laughs> Finn says the the middle finger gets their point across. Yep. Yeah, that is... Uh, and I, I can imagine it would get your point across to a spirit just as well. <laughs> yes, it would. Absolutely. Because you're putting intention behind it. Exactly. Yeah. That's what Listen, these... you never show someone the middle finger when you don't mean for them to fuck off. Unless no. you do it in a joking way. But then it's the same as, like, calling your best friend a bitch. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's contextual. Exactly. But if you're, like, just flipping off someone who you don't know, mm-hmm. that's a pretty clear... <laughs> that's a pretty, pretty clear... Pretty clear message. Yeah. It will be understood. Yes. Definitely. Any other sacred gestures to discuss? Not that I can think of. Okay. I think we've covered a, a pretty broad, pretty broad spectrum. Spectrum. I would encourage you, though. There, you know, look it up. Look up gestures in mm-hmm. in dance, in ritual uh, magic, and- or in ancient in the ancient world, or. Uh, or modern paganism, you mm-hmm. know, if it's something that you're interested in. I, I will say, uh, looking into the, the the Hindu mudras is a really great way oh, to yeah. start. It just is to get a sense of sort of the spectrum of of the meanings of what those gestures. Exactly, be. exactly. Um, even if you're not going to use them, it can just be really interesting, um, sort of as a frame. And it could be something you could use as a frame to build your own yeah, gestures. Yeah, exactly. Because you know, our hands. What, what is a gesture that would mean this to me? Yeah. Right, exactly. And our fingers only do so much. You right. <laughs> so, but yeah, I, I think it's a, it's an interesting topic. It's one that I have taken for granted for years, yeah. done without really thinking about it until Ode was like, hey, let's do gestural magic. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah. Which, by the way, this was a suggestion from Rhiannon like two years ago. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And and it just really did make me start thinking, oh, yeah, I do use gestures and body language and mm-hmm. dance and all kinds of things in in, in my rituals and ritual my and... casting. Yeah. It's, it's very present in our practices. In, in both of is. our practices. In both I our think. practices. Um, ways, I just don't think about it. Yeah, just in ways we're not always conscious of. Yeah, yeah. Um, it just, it's become natural. Exactly. Um, I, I, I think I don't think about using my body in ritual unless I'm doing something like a circle dance. Mm-hmm. But the, the fact of the matter is I use my body in ritual constantly. Oh, constantly. Yeah, yeah. 
Completely. You know, either to stand in for another tool or mm-hmm. to perform a specific act that I can only do with my hand, like drawing mm-hmm. a, a rune or mm-hmm. all kinds of things, you know? Mm-hmm. Exactly. So it's worth exploring. I hope you enjoy the experience. Yes. So in the meantime, you can find us on the search engine of your choice. If you Google the number three and the letters P-A-A-C, or the number three and the words Pagans and a Cat, you can find us online at the number three PaganSandACat.com. Uh, where you can find links to all the things we do, including our Patreon, where you can help support us, for which we would be very grateful, mm-hmm. and a link to Gwyn's Patheos Pagan blog, where she blogs things. Sort of. Occasionally. You can go see the archives of that, I guess. Yep. Um, and I may start blogging again somewhere else, but yeah. for the next several months, yeah, I'm, she's I've got, busy. A, I got a project. Which we can't tell you about we yet. We can't tell you about. But someday. Oh, we have a red bubble shop that someone bought something from recently, to my shock. <laughs> it's, it's, um, a, it's got a lot of Ode's art. <laughs> yeah, there's not a whole lot on there, um, but we do have that if you're into that. Uh, oh, and then Gwen has a TikTok where she does TikTok things. I have a TikTok. But you'll have to find that one on your own. It's not linked anywhere. Nope. <laughs> but exactly. it's not that secret either. You can probably find it. Yep. That's everything. It is. Okay, then we are House Swept and... House Kept. No, wait. <laughs> question mark just, like defaulted back to the beginning of the episode like, no no that's how we're doing this is goodbye goodbye <laughs> time loop it's a time loop <laughs>